I'm Stephen Gregory Smith. And I'm Matt Connor. And we are going back to the hive for season five of the, the Connor, Connor and Smith Show. Show. Oh my gosh, who are we going to talk to tonight? We are talking to Shelly Work. I am so excited to talk to Shelly Work. We go way back. Way, way back. She was way, my. Way, back, many centuries. She was my big sister for Alpha Psi, uh, one of the first people I met at Shenandoah, so I loved this catch-up. Um, speaking of catch-up, how are you? You are in the thick of Into the Woods. I know we are talking well, about this. Yeah, but- well, we just I just got home. I'm trying to make this brief and short. If I sound like I'm brief and short, it's because I got a million things to do and notes to type up, but it's going very, very well. I'm excited for everyone to see this amazing show. Okay, good. We're going to take a break, and we will be right back. Hi, can you hear me? I can. Can you hear me? Yeah, that's weird. I can't hear myself. How very bizarre. (laughs) Hi, Shelly. Hi. How's it going? Good, good. I'm sitting here with a few folks you may know, my co-host and husband, Matt Connor. Hi, Matt. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. I can just picture your faces as I hear your voices. How delightful. And our producer, Ryan Dean Halbrook. (gasps) Ryan Halbrook! Hey! I didn't know you were going to be here, too. Yeah, so good to hear you. It's so good to hear all of you. What a delight. This is kind of like the view. Ryan will probably have the opposing views. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't we'll watch see, the we'll view, see. but hopefully, uh, hopefully I can follow along. <laughs> no. How's Beemore? Uh, actually, I don't live there anymore. I live, in, I live in Shady Side, which is uh, outside of Annapolis. That so sounds Southwest. shady. It's totally shady. I uh, go to Annapolis all the time. Do you? I do. You should hit me up. I'm really, well, I'm probably like 20, 30 minutes from Annapolis, but I'm 20, 30 minutes from everything. We're like right on the bay. Oh, okay. Yeah. I usually down like Rove Boulevard area. Right on. Yeah. You- I, we just moved here. Um, I guess this is our third year in the house. We bought- I was about to say, you, you bought that house in we what, did. 2019? Yeah. Well, yeah. 2019. That's right. Congrats. Thank you. I love it here. It's it looks crazy. like a beautiful house. It's, you know, it's funny. It looks a lot bigger than it is. It is a beautiful house. Don't get me wrong. But when you walk in, you're like, oh, it's got these um, high ceilings, which is gorgeous in the living room area. What would be like when you first walk in. And so because of that, the what you would think would be a whole second floor is pretty much not there. We do have a second floor, but it's just our bedroom and our and Sean's recording studio up there. And then uh, the rest of the living space is downstairs. I love it. It's beautiful down here. I never thought I would want to live far away from people, but it's so nice to drive home and, you know, you leave the city behind. So. Yeah, right. I was yeah. psychic, I guess. Sean is your husband? <laughs> yeah, well, partner. As and, being married. <laughs> and your, your partner has a recording studio? He does. He's an audio engineer and uh, like a recording. He's also a musician and a recording artist. And he does a lot of uh, recording albums, 
music um what is it called mixing and all that stuff i don't know so he's got his own studio home studio here oh nice but he works at um abc in uh so he used to do audio engineering but now he's more on the broadcasting side i don't really understand what he does (laughs) i feel like every time it comes up i'm like "Mm, something about the signal and sending the signal where it needs to go i don't really know you're you're originally from maryland i was born in delaware but i grew up in maryland yeah on the eastern shore so i moved there when i was about three and lived there until college until i moved away well now that you mentioned the (laughs) ye oldie days of college How did you, Mrs. President, Mrs. Yes, right. We should, we, we, Mrs. President Emeritus. To, oh my God, that's right. <laughs> wow, that is the olden days. Hello. Was it was it two years or just one that you were president? Just one. It was uh, my senior year. Yeah, the year after Mike King. And um, what 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 brought you to Shenandoah? Did you have other uh, colleges on the horizon, or was it always Shenandoah? I was I had my heart set on Shenandoah when my um, choir director actually mentioned it to me. We did not have theater at my high school. I grew up in a really small town, and I knew I wanted to major in theater, but I didn't know that much about theater schools. And I didn't think I was ready to move to New York City from like Podunk, Nowheresville, Salisbury, Maryland. So um, I just started asking around and my choir teacher, who was also the one who started the drama club for us, um, suggested Shenandoah. I don't know if she knew someone who taught there or if she knew someone who went there, but for some reason she was familiar with the school's theater program and recommended it. So I looked at Shenandoah, Catholic University, Catawba College, um, I forget where else, but yeah, I think once I auditioned at Shenandoah, I, I even blew off one of my other auditions. I was like, I, I don't really want to go anywhere else. What was, was the where I really wanted to go. for you to uh, get into theater? Like, did you always know as a kid? Oh, uh, this is so funny. So when I was a little kid, I used to put on shows all the time. I don't remember that well or that distinctly, but I was like constantly putting on shows in our front room. We had this little um, area that I just turned into a stage because there was a a backstage area on both sides, which isn't even true. There was like a little alcove in our front where our front door opened and then the rest of it went to the rest of our house. So I treated that like a stage and I made my sister do plays with me and I would like make stuffed animal plays with my stuffed animals. So I was always super into acting I just didn't have any opportunity growing up. So I, you know, growing up in a really small town that was pretty, uh, uh, not very culturally diverse (laughs) over there when I was growing up, um, it was pretty isolated. So I, I pretty much just floundered about talking. I remember being a little kid saying, I either want to be an actress or an astronaut, but I really didn't know how to do either of those things. Um, I got into music 
because uh, music was big in my family and music was easily accessible. When you went to school, they were like, hey, sign up for band, sign up for orchestra, sign up for whatever. So that's what I did. I signed up for band. My sister played the French horn and I really loved that instrument and I wanted to play. So I started playing the French horn. And then I think what happened was when I got to college, I really didn't like that I was my sister's little sister. Like that's how I was known. I remember when I was a freshman, I we used to have something called All Shore Band and I auditioned for All Shore Band and I got the first chair. And the girl who was sort of second chair to my sister the whole time, my sister was in high school said, well, they just saw the last name work and gave her the first chair. And I felt that everywhere I went in the world of music in high school. I just felt that um, shadow, you know, like I just couldn't stand on my own merits because people would just assume that it was a gift because of my sister's talents. And I started feeling really like this desire to explore my own thing and my own way of doing things. I really always loved to sing. So I started taking voice lessons. And then I kind of uh, found out about this music theater camp. Um, I used to go to Maryland Center for the Arts every summer um, to play my horn. I would go for orchestra or band. It was a really great program that they used to hold at Goucher College. It doesn't exist anymore, but it was Maryland Summer Center for the Arts or MCA. And um, I found out they had a music theater program. And so I really wanted to audition. I auditioned and that was kind of my first step into music theater was when I was in high school. Um, and I just loved it. I fell in love with it. It was like, I found myself. I figured out what I was supposed to be doing. Instruments are living in your house today. <laughs> oh gosh. Do you know, Matt, there are so many. So Sean actually went to Peabody to study French horn, but he plays violin. That was his first instrument. And he went to Peabody where they teach you how to play instruments. So we're, we have tons of instruments here. Only some of them are mine. I have a guitar, a baritone ukulele. Um, and then we also have a piano, but then of course there's his violins. He's got multiple violins. Uh, his, we have oh, these weird instruments called ukulin. Uh, hanging on our wall. There's a mandolin. There's um, a, a Hardinger, Hardinger viol viola. I think Hardinger, I think, or Harbinger, I don't remember. Violin is, a, is an instrument they use in like folk dance. And Sean found the viola version online. So he's got one of those. We have a guitar. We have lots of synthetic instruments. Um, of course, French horns, a trombone. The trumpet. I'm trying to think what else. <laughs> so we could basically remount maybe the Music Man after it leaves Broadway. Absolutely. Yeah, we have definitely enough instruments. We won't have many woodwinds. I don't know that there's many woodwinds. There are wooden flutes here, but not uh, like clarinets and, you know, the kind of band flutes you'd see. Do you I think that when you either play brass or 
or woodwind. Correct. It's really hard to cross over. Speaking as a trumpeter, yes, that's correct. right. Yeah, we, and we, like those, we are definitely a brass house here. We don't like those dirty reeded <laughs> instruments. No kidding. I remember, so I started, when I first got into teaching, I was teaching preschool, and I started teaching this, like, instruments of the orchestra unit, and I had never really tried to play a flute. I just assumed, you know, flutes are easy. They have all those keys. You just press down the keys and the note you want comes out. Oh my God, I could not get a sound out of that flute. I was trying to demonstrate the flute. It was pathetic. I was like, oh wow, I, I really don't know how to play woodwind instruments at all. So yeah, we're a brass house. Do you, do you find that even now, like you look back and like music has been sort of the undercurrent of like a lot of decisions of where you're kind of goes with. with sorry, what was that last word? With your life. Like for instance, me, I look back on all of my journeys and I realize that sort of the focus point and the undercurrent of everything I've ever done has kind of been music. Yeah, I would say that's true. I would say that, um, yeah, music has kind of been like the, the river I, I rode upon to find my way. And I do still feel um, really drawn to singing in particular. Like, I feel like that's my, my art, you know? Well, like, I thought that musical theater was like, at a time, I thought it was like my entire chest and now that I'm older, I realize that music theater, the, the, the little section of musical theater in my life was is actually a little uh, piece on the chessboard. Yeah. Yeah, that's such an interesting way of putting it. Yeah. And it's like, I've got a lot of other little pieces to play my life with and musical theater. Is it theater. a castle or a knight or a pawn? A bishop? I is it the king or queen? It's the queen. Okay. Yeah. yeah it, it, was, it was definitely Kelly. It was Atkins always the queen. Camelot, sure. <laughs> dressed up as Queen Guinevere. <laughs> Who was yeah. the king? Who was the king that year? Was that a was that a SSMT show? Yeah. I don't remember that one. Was I he an out of towner? Kira was uh, uh, what's her face? The the, the magic girl. Anyway, I think for Steve and I. Oh, that was the year before I came, I think. Yeah, because I, because I kind of split because I came in in the middle of like. Yeah. yeah. Well, you you were a part of summer music theater, right? I was well, so I did summer theater the summer after my freshman year. And then the summer after my sophomore year, I was like really freaked out about money and uh, worried about making enough money to be at school. So I ended up staying, like going home and working at a restaurant, which I look back on now and I feel like it was a really bad decision. I wish I hadn't done that, but I did. Uh, and then the year after my junior year, I went to Totem Pole Playhouse. Ah, uh, the totem pole. Yeah, and then I went back to Shenandoah the year after my senior year. So I only did two years of SSMT. Is it totem pole where a bunch of us drove to see Lindy Herman as in the, that Grace? Oh, what was that called? Something Grace. 
it was it her and Gene Stapleton? No, Gene was not in it. I don't think. I know it does sound like it sounds like that's where you would have gone though for it, sure. Yeah. It, yeah, it was the uh, fall of your senior year. It was two. Oh well, then it would have been Walnut Street. So Walnut Street Theater was the was owned by the same guys who, or not owned, but run by the same guys who run Totem Pole. Mm. And I think Lindy used to do shows with them there. That was in Philly. And you moved to the New York City. I did move to the New York City. Uh, I guess two years after college. Yeah, ninety nine. So it was right before the the turn of the century. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> did, did we ever meet up in New York at some point? I feel like we did. I feel like we ran into each other once and we're like, whoa, what? But did did you live at the crazy place that had like a thousand people living in it out in? No, uh, no I lived with Maggie at first and then I lived. Oh, yes, of course. Yes. I, I totally ran into you at Maggie's place. Yes, we yeah. hung out there for sure. And that, you I and Maggie like, in that like studio apartment in Jersey, right? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Uh, I think Joy. I met up with. Are oh, you cutting out? Are you there? Sorry, you said you met up with Joy and what? With a whole bunch of. Oh yeah, that definitely sounds like something I would have been there for. Uh oh, I feel like you're cutting in and out. Are we cutting it out? Yeah. Could be Russia. It could be. Matt, you're always the best at those one-liners. <laughs> now, for a hot second, I remember kind of running around a little bit, us crossing paths a little bit in, in this D.C. dinner. It is true. So right after college... I stayed in Winchester for a little bit because I was like a hot mess, didn't know what I was doing with my life. And then Annie and I moved to Alexandria and we lived in Alexandria for like two years, I think. Yeah, two years, because we graduated in 97. Holy moly, that's hard to believe. <laughs> um, so yeah, I did a lot of the local dinner theater. I did Toby's, I did the West End. Woo! Wasn't I did the lazy susan wasn't the big premiere at the west end the 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 kind of re-envisioned godspell uh well well i was in godspell there but i don't know if it was like a big <laughs> if it was re-envisioned or not re-envisioned <laughs> premiere yeah I don't maybe, know you know, maybe at the time it just felt like it was a big deal probably i just remember that we thought it was funny because it looked like we were wearing pajamas like we all had i mean they're super comfortable costumes but we all had like different colored like tops and shorts. Weren't you actually? I was. I was one here. There was a picture of you in the West in there at the end. I remember that. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was fun. Yeah, I sometimes wonder what my life would have been like if I hadn't rushed to move to New York City. I think that I really probably wasn't ready for New York, and I I could have. Uh, could have hung out in the DC area a little bit more and but I also think life takes you where you're supposed to go right do you think that we talked about this a little bit like do you feel like this so maybe I'll, I'll put this 
I feel like being at Shenandoah gave me all of the right tools at the time for maybe performing at Shenandoah. Yeah. But yeah. I, I really had no clue how to handle sort of, a, uh, I don't want to say. No, I 100% feel that. I 100% feel that. I actually like, I think they've really worked on that now. I think they've, the program is far more modern and I think they actually teach their students a lot more than we learned in that area. But I had no idea about the business side of show business. I really was not prepared. And I think that because of that, I really was not prepared for New York. I found it really disheartening that like you walk into an audition and they say, okay, you and you can stay, everybody else leave because they're typing you out. Like, I didn't even know, I hadn't even heard of that before I went there, you know? <laughs> and then I was like, wait, what? I don't get to open my mouth? How do you ever see my talent? You know, it's right. really, I just had no idea about how to get in with the business side, how to find an agent, like what kind of work I needed to be doing behind the scenes. I definitely did not know. I was definitely lost. Now, I will also say I was, I feel like I was lost in a lot of ways at that time in my life. And I, I don't know that um, knowing those things would have helped me necessarily, just struggling with a lot of undiagnosed mental illness and self-medication, trying to get myself through the world. You know, I don't think that I was necessarily set up mentally, like with my mental health to be successful, but um I do think that like, yeah, if I could go back in time, I would tell myself, get yourself some help and focus on some business because <laughs> right. you need these things. <laughs> well, I I feel like, uh, of course, uh, and I, of course, came from a very sort of religious upbringing and I was with sort of how am I going to live my life being true to myself with my and then you make me feel like I get involved. No, I can't hear you. Can you? I I've keep I keep hearing like every other word. Huh? Who do you think that is, Stevie? We can hear every word from you. You can. I wonder if it's me. Do you want to try? Do you want to take a pause and try on your cell phone instead? Uh, yeah, I guess I could. I'm worried because it's windy out here. We don't always have the best connection. Well, if it doesn't work, we can always try this again. Yeah, we're collecting everything on Stephen's phone. So I bet Stephen's I can hear you now, of course. Huh. Well, just stop me if you can't hear me. Yeah, and this can all be edited later. Yeah. Okay, perfect. We're going to come over to Sean's studio and edit the the footage. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I feel like uh, Shenandoah, in the arts in general, Exposed my soul and my heart in trying to, you know, characters and be with a community of, of people that really, I think, kind of. Oh, no, I missed what you said. You think kind of what? I think that that the, that the going to school at the conservatory kind of helped to expose the worst parts of me that I needed to face. Yeah. As well as celebrating the best parts of me all at the same time. 
That's so interesting. Yeah. That's because, because I was kind of allowed to fail and also allowed to succeed and really face what both of those meant. Yeah. Um, and now as you know, as I'm older, I feel like I can teach my kids in a way that makes them feel safe to fail and succeed at the same time. Right. Yeah. That's so great. Yeah. I will say like, I feel like as a teacher, I mean, first of all, I never ever wanted to be a teacher. It shocks me now that like, that's something that I love to do and feels really satisfying and feels like a calling in my life, you know, because for so much of my life, I was like, I don't want to teach. I'll never teach. But I do feel like a big goal of mine as a teacher is to help my students find their confidence and find their confidence in being imperfect, like loving the perfection of their imperfection, you know, because I do feel like that is um, something the conservatory environment somehow subconsciously promoted this idea that you had to like do everything right and be perfect all the time. And I don't think that's really the message that they were trying to send to us. I think maybe it's more just a pressure I put on myself, but I did feel like I wasn't more successful because I wasn't as perfect or, you know, like I, I wasn't, I don't know. I wasn't as confident in my ability to, be perfect in my imperfection, you know? Shelly, tell us about your teaching. T tell us who and where you teach. So I teach performing arts and drama at Capitol Hill Day School. We're a pre-K through eighth grade um, private school, private progressive school in Washington, DC. And I teach uh, all the age levels, but my focus is with third through eighth grade. Um, actually, when I was hired, they had never had a full-time drama teacher. And I was told that I was hired because they wanted to sort of increase their program or expand their program, um, deepen their drama program. So since I've been there, this is my, my seventh year there, and this is the first year that I kind of revamped the entire program and really changed the way things run from fifth through eighth so that the the programming is is more scaffolded and age appropriate and um so because of that this year i'm taking more of a focus on the elementary and upper grades i'm still teaching the early childhood and early elementary classes but not as directly my co-teacher um, takes the lead on those classes. So we have a co-teacher. <laughs> it's funny. So at Capitol Hill Day School, everybody has a co-teacher, but um, <clears throat> because of the nature of performing arts, which as you know, includes theater and dance and music, and there are lots of subcategories in all of those realms of the arts, um, our co-teaching model is a little different than most. We're not like necessarily splitting down the middle what we're doing because her focus is music and she teaches the ORF um, style of ORF Schulwerk style of teaching and specializes in that. Whereas my focus is drama um, they part of the reason they hired me in the position is because I'm also a musician and it was the previous 
um, drama teacher who suggested that they find a music theater person because they wanted someone who could be in the performing arts classroom and sort of hang in that general music kind of environment, but also be able to teach Shakespeare and direct the musical, <laughs> which is kind of a wide gamut of skills. Um, so in fact, my position at Capitol Hill Day School, I think was partially acquired by the fact that I went to Shenandoah because my co-teacher, who was of course part of the hiring committee, is also an alumni of Shenandoah. Oh, I wow. Know, I don't know if you guys ever met Jill Brandenburg. Um, Small World, she actually played trombone with the Unity Project. So oh, my God. If you remember going to those old shows, you probably saw Jill playing trombone. I, she and I do not remember each other, but we're pretty sure we probably met. Um, side note, uh, Daryl Brooks and Randy McFadden are going to be on this show. Nice. And I am trying to unearth Unity Project recordings because it's so good and we need it back in our lives. Oh my God, dude. I think I found one not that long ago because I wanted to give it to Jill. I think I gave it to Jill, actually. I'm going to ask her if she still has it. Is it on 8-track or... No. <laughs> Laser disc, beta. Look, Steve, I know we're older than you, but we're not that much older than you. Listen, I think I had a cassette. <laughs> I think it might be on cassette. I'm not gonna lie, but it might also be on CD. I, I gotta ask her. I'll ask her if she held on to it. I'm pretty sure, actually, now that I think about it, that it was a CD. Um, but I brought it into work because I was like, "Oh my god, you can't! I can't believe I found this. You gotta see it." Oh That's... yeah, they were the they were superstars, man. Oh yeah, they were. That was awesome. That's, That's amazing. Great, Such a yeah. small world, right? Totally. But That's we found funny. throughout all these interviews that there's always like another SU person out there to like help you along. Yeah. Like you're everywhere. It's true. It is a little uh close-knit community. Cute. Now, Shelly, I have to bring this up. Um, you were my big sister. Oh. My Alpha Psi big sister. That's true. Yeah. You were one of the first people I met at Shenandoah. Oh, I'm sorry Could... about that. No, no. <laughs> Do you remember where you met? Yeah, we met in Racy. She came by my room with a little like welcome box. Oh, <laughs> Do you remember what, what was, was in, in the... it? I don't remember. What was in the box? I think like a pencil, a highlighter, eraser. It was like a little like, you know, those little cardboard boxes that were like, what you got in like elementary school <laughs> but it was cute that sounds like me and like a candy bar or something I don't know um but I had like Madonna things all over my door and you came in you were like oh my god are you my brother <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna love it here <laughs> nice I knew right away yeah well I don't know if you remember Matt but speaking of Madonna, you are the reason that I got to see the sex book. Do you remember when she put that out? You actually yeah, had a copy I, of it. And I was like, oh, I want to see it. Was the copy I had in French? I don't remember. I feel like, though, wasn't it your copy that we were all in Joy Doing's room? Like gathered around, gaping over the pictures? Well, you know, I think it may have either been a shared gift or it may have been Greg's. 
Oh, maybe it was Greg. Although I do have the book. I don't, Stephen, did you give it to me? I bought you a copy in French because that's what you had. Oh. Yeah, I don't remember. I remember having a copy, but I don't remember if it was like a Greg thing that we had shared together when we were together. Well, I'm pretty sure it was yours. Well, you didn't end up with it. I did not end up with it, but that doesn't really mean anything because God knows what I left around. Well, and also I... There's so many things at that school that I had that I don't have anymore. <laughs> I feel like we all lived in different dorms, but it was like one big dorm and everybody took everybody's stuff. I don't remember anything that I actually had in college, like at all. <laughs> Maybe none of it was yours, Ryan, really. It could have been anyone. <laughs> I just remember the magic of rehearsing a show in the Black Box Theater, the studio yes. theater. And it was, you know, but after nine o'clock at night, and it just felt like a little sanctuary where you were doing your thing. Yes, it was awesome. Do you remember we used to go there and play hide and seek in the dark? Uh huh. In the middle of the night, yeah, that place felt like home for sure. Now, now I think it's the dance, one of the dance studios. Yeah. They dance on that concrete. That can't be good. Where? I hope they replace the floor. I think they redid all of it. Yeah, I would hope so. Because <laughs> you know. <laughs> Me and Steven took two shows back there to workshop, and it, it was a completely different scene. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole new building, right? Yeah. A and, whole new yeah. curriculum. Yeah, and they're really much different. I was like, oh, I don't think I went here. Yeah, yeah, Matt, and I don't know if you remember, that building was supposed to be done for our senior year. What a that, joke. That's like, right. I don't think it was finished until Steven's senior year. What? Which one? Which? The, the, the new building, yeah. Yeah. It's and Bryant. When we oh, went to, when I went to tour the school, part of the reason I got so excited about it was because they said they were building a brand new performing arts pro- building that would be finished by the time we were seniors. Just kidding. Yeah, it's like, it's like, <laughs> that was like Lucy with the football. That was, that was my junior year, which would have been yeah. 98. Your yeah. junior year was when it was finished? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Okay, that makes sense because I graduated in 97 and I remember it was like the next year they finished it. And I was like, really? Seriously? <laughs> ah, cool, yeah. though. It's yeah. cool that they cared enough to like build, you know, continue to build that program. It's awesome. Yeah, I, it definitely um, it definitely was an improvement over uh, Armstrong. That's for sure. Have you been yeah. back in a long time? <laughs> Uh, no, no, I haven't. I'm trying to think. It's completely different, Shelly. Like I went back, if you listen to the trailer for this season, I Uh went back to Winchester and it's just completely different. I mean, they have a, a football stadium now, right? Yeah. Yeah. There's so many new buildings and yeah, it's, I mean, they must have a much larger population when they were, than when we were there. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and here's a shout out to SU current students, I hope, who aren't listening to this, but if you are, <laughs> you are so lucky. You are yes, lucky. you are so lucky. You are getting all of the training, on yeah. camera, TV training. Like, Oh, do they get that too? Good for oh, them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know they get a showcase, which is great. I loved doing my one-person show, but what a colossal waste of time. That did not help me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess it helped me now. Like now I know how to put on a show. I guess that's good. And I know how to do all those 
different aspects of putting on a show, which is good as a drama teacher. Like there's literally nobody to do it for you. You do everything. So that's great that I got that education, but having the showcases where it's at, man. It's I just good. saw They're Elizabeth Albert is going around, I guess, doing auditions for Shenandoah right now. I saw her on Facebook. Oh, wow. Okay. She's part of admissions there, I guess. Yeah. I, I, isn't she Dr. Albert? I mean, no, she's Sue Robinson. Oh, Sue Robinson. Okay. She's the next Dr. Albert. Yeah. yeah. I have to tell you something funny. Uh, years ago, my father's an auctioneer and you go, was one to, but before, um, before they uh, left, they threw away some stuff that they didn't want sold. And my father said, oh, Matthew, you know what I do? If someone throws away stuff, I go through the trash. Well, sure. Right. And he said, Matthew, I want you to sit down. I've oh, got no. something to show you. <laughs> and he gave me uh, Harold Herman's grade book. From, what? Yeah. So uh, they were they were they were selling after Mr. Herman died. They were selling some of his stuff accidentally, not accidentally, serendipitously at my dad's auction. And no, they were they. throwing away his grade books. And my dad took one. Are you in it? Please tell me you were. In I it. am in it, and I will talk. Shut to up! But, but now so I feel crazy. bad because I can see everyone's grade in scene study from <laughs> August. I have his scene study grade book from August '93 to May '94. Oh my God! I would love to see that. That and, is amazing. And I won't talk about anything except Kira. Kira Collier is on top of me, and James Carruthers is below me. And I was working on something from Death of a Salesman and The Nerd. Oh, that's so fantastic. I love that. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> that's so crazy. And then I look at Kathy Voiko and I'm like, oh. Yeah, right. <laughs> okay. Okay. Maybe I shouldn't have been in that class at all. <laughs> Wait, but she was way ahead of that class, wasn't she? Well, yeah, it was, the, it was his entire class. All oh, it was it, everybody. It's like all of us in there. It was, it was everybody only from August 93 to May 94. Uh, okay. So um, it was whoever oh, was in that. Wonderful. Yeah, it was all four years, uh, but just that semester. Right. Anyways, I have it upstairs in my office. And I'm like, oh, my God, who would have ever thought that I'd end up with Mr. Herman's grade book? You know, Mr. Herman sent that to you. He was like on the other side, like, oh, Matt will get a kick out of this. Matt would love to see what his grade point average was. He's like, nerd. Uh, Matt would love to see uh, my grades uh, on it. Uh, why don't you work on that? <laughs> that, was, that was one of my one of my favorite memories of scene study, actually. Was I asked Mr. Herman, he didn't give me much feedback from our scene. So I was like, Mr. Herman, do you have anything to suggest for me? And he was like, uh, Shelly, just uh, work uh, on it. <laughs> oh, You're like, oh great, great. I was like, okay, so work on it. That's what you have to tell me. It was, it was always either for it or on, on it. it. For it, the my favorite was on that there when he would say on that there. That was great. That was a good one. <laughs> I always loved when he would try to uh, intimate the lyrics to something when he didn't know what they were. <laughs> so, my 
seen you doing children. It's and we were supposed to, you know, know what that meant. Um, <laughs> you, but that trained us. Well, it trained us very much for the real world because there's a lot of directors who are vaguer than that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. that's true. That is true. Absolutely. He was, you uh, definitely. Uh... So he was actually taught you guys. <laughs> I'm just joking. Uh, sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. Dependent, he, depending on whether it was prior to his cup of soup or post. I think he taught, in particular, the people he really liked. And then the rest of us, he told us to work on it. <laughs> <laughs> I, think I, I, don't, I think I know what camp I fell into on that one. <laughs> Considering he called me Tracy most of the time I went to school there. Yeah. I don't know what... <laughs> really? Oh, yeah. Constantly. And to, like to the point that finally my senior year, he was said something like, oh, Tracy. And I was like, oh, that's okay, Dr. Albert. And he cracked up and he was like, oh, Shelly, you may as well. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> I was so intimidated by him until that moment. I was like, you know what? Forget it. You don't even know who I am. <laughs> oh That's just miracle. <laughs> Good times. Like, you know, in my life, now that I'm teaching and doing other things, should be a place of, you know, I got to keep the things I wanted to keep and not keep that. Uh, learn from the things I didn't want to keep and I can now pass and be the teacher I kind of wanted or I maybe didn't have in college or the teacher I wanted to be in. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I definitely feel like <clears throat> I learned a lot about what I did want to be, what I didn't want to be. And unfortunately I just, I wasn't in a great place, <laughs> but I think that, um, I, I grew so much there, so I, I didn't. Uh oh, wait! Now I can't hear you. Can you hear me now? Uh, yeah, now I can hear you. I can remember doing something at Shenandoah. It didn't matter what it was. It could have been something horrible. Uh, the Desperate Wives of Chapel, and <laughs> Mrs. Mrs. Herman would always, no matter what, grab each and every person and say something comforting or positive. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, we didn't we didn't get her very much. She taught. Um, she quit teaching after my freshman year, and I think she only taught one class to us. So if you didn't do children's theater, you really didn't get a chance to know her well. I did do a play with her. Um, she, I don't think she was particularly fond of me. I don't know. Um, I also think that she was. I, I think feel like she was starting to get a little confused. Yeah. Then too, because she had, I remember the play I was in, she actually had a student director. So she wasn't even really in charge of the directing. So I feel like I did, I never really got the chance to know her as well as some other people. I hear such beautiful stories about her, but unfortunately... So are you doing, is there, is there a sort of end of the year show coming up at your school? 
Oh yeah, our big upper grade musical is on May 20th, May 20th. So we're heading towards that. I'm also just starting. Um, so for the first time this year, I'm doing a fifth grade devised theater piece, which we're just now starting. And that'll be a smaller, like in the community presentation that'll just happen for their cohort, um, like their peers and their parents, maybe, but they also aren't sure they want their parents to come. <laughs> What's the musical? Annie Jr. Yes, Yay! Annie Jr. Do you know, it's, it's so interesting teaching middle school because you really never know whether or not you're gonna get the buy-in, right? Like the kids either love the show or they are like, why are we doing this show, you know? And so far I've had good success. The kids have loved the shows we've chosen but this year we were having a really hard time picking one and uh i found out they were doing annie on tv the the annie live thing and i was like you know usually those live things are big hits with the kids right so at least we'll get some buy-in i don't know that this year's i don't know that annie jr was that big of a hit or the annie live was that big of a hit but the kids are loving doing Annie Jr. They are rocking it. And uh, we, don't, we don't actually have a theater of our own. So we perform at the Atlas Performing Arts Center. It's a very cool opportunity. Like the kids are super excited to be in this professional theater. And then we have kids who serve as crew members and the Atlas staff is really kind to us. And they let them like operate the light boards and operate, you know, they just let the kids be real hands-on and get firsthand experience, which is very cool for them. They get really excited about it. That's awesome. It is awesome. This is the first year that it's an upper grade musical. This is one of the ways that I changed things around. It used to be the sixth grade musical and everybody in sixth grade had to do it. Um, and it was kind of the first big theater presentation they did they kind of they went you know they went through performing arts through fifth grade and we will do a yearly performing arts festival where every grade level does some kind of piece for the community but this was the first like you're doing theater in front of an audience um so it was like a huge deal to be in sixth grade and suddenly you're up in front of the entire community singing and dancing right <laughs> um so instead now we're doing a sixth grade play which is a little bit easier to get buy-in from those kids who would rather be on the baseball field. You know, they don't have to sing and dance about it. And then the seventh and eighth graders get to choose their, they call it arch choice. So they get to choose what medium they explore in seventh and eighth grade. They have a choice between several different visual arts courses and then this year we added the musical. So all of the kids who are in the musical chose to be there, which is a much different show for sure. <laughs> I'm sure that you guys have had the experience between like kids that have to be in your class versus kids that want to be in your class. It's a. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I range from sort of camp babysitting and feeling like, why am I here? to like teenage classes where I'm so excited because I don't have to work nearly as hard because they really generally want to be there. Right. Yeah, exactly. And they chose to be there. Yeah. Yeah. 
Although I will say, Mr. Matt, I have a friend who sent her very young daughter to your class at Creative Cauldron, and she loved it, and she's particularly loved you. I guess maybe you weren't at every single class because she would get upset if you weren't there. She'd be like, where's Mr. Matt? Oh, my gosh. I don't remember what class that was, but maybe. It was. It would have been a couple of years ago, two or three years ago, at least at this point. Yeah, well, I, I, you know, I, I suffered a lot of panic and anxiety growing up mm. that I masked uh, very well. And now I try to make sure that I teach my kids with a very keen eye on who really needs extra help in, in, in feeling secure and safe. Yes, I love that. I love that. I do feel the same way. I try really hard because I feel... The same way, I had a lot of undiagnosed mental health things happening that I didn't know about. I didn't even know I had anxiety until I turned like 45. Like it was a recent discovery, 44 maybe. I don't know, the beginning of this pandemic. I feel now I know a lot of people have struggled with anxiety over the pandemic, but it was identified as a pattern in my life, right? Which I'd never even realized was a thing. So- I I feel the same way, like looking at these kids and wanting to help them because no one helped you, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I really truly believe that mental health is going to be the like next huge frontier of sort of blowing up that world of really examining how much people really need to talk about their, um, their mental health. Yeah, 100%. I will say most of the people I know under the age of 40 are working around mental health. I know a lot of people who are working around trauma and what trauma does, like how trauma lives in the body and physically releasing trauma as well as mentally and emotionally releasing trauma and recognizing that all of those things work together. I mean, it's really, I think you're right. It's like the next wave of healthcare. I'm I'm sure. I'm currently reading a book called The Mountain Is You. Interesting. And at the bottom of it says transforming self-sabotage into self-mastery. And it wasn't until I started this book that I realized the essence of kind of how I perceive my feelings. And it's been a it's been a sort of a an, an eye-opening thing, book. Yeah. I'm writing that down to look um, into that one. Hey, Shelly, I just wanted to say, I mean, <clears throat> college was so weird because it's all of our formative years. We're all still growing and finding out who we are. And it's been amazing talking to everybody. But you were such a positive person for in college. Like, you were always so kind. Ditto, ditto. Yeah. So, thank you. Oh, I really appreciate you saying that. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for saying that. Yeah. I honestly don't feel like I have... <clears throat> Excuse me. I don't feel like I have clear memories of who I was or like what I was like because I was very unhealthy. I was really very sick with depression for a lot of my years in college. And um, I think that like it was it was an especially dangerous kind of depression because I hit it like I'm sure none of you knew that I was awake all night long, walking around in bare feet through the city. Like it was a mess. I was a mess. And I think that's part of the reason why my teaching now is so much about 
try like Matt said, trying to identify the kids that need the support and, you know, can helping them find their belief in themselves in a way that I feel like I really needed help with before I got to that stage of life. And I just was so lost, you know? Um, It's not, I mean, yes, a math teacher, a science teacher, sure, can give all of those supports to kids, but there's something magical and safe about the arts and theater. 100%, yes. And I think it's like, it's that piece of exploring emotion and exploring difficult situations in a way that's safe because you're playing someone other than yourself. Right. But kids are so curious about those feelings and those emotions because they're having them, of course, you know? Um, but anyway, all of that to say, Ryan, I'm, I, I'm appreciative that you would tell me that because I sometimes wonder who I hurt unknowingly <laughs> in college. I feel like oh, I hurt people. I feel like I need to apologize to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, I feel like I was such a dick, but maybe oh, I wasn't. I don't remember that. Yeah. No. <laughs> I know you and Maggie fought hard, but Maggie fought hard with boys, man. She she liked a good fight. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so so Shelly, since you teach in DC, um, I'm thinking that you're within like 10 minutes of us at any given time. So we have to like find a way to like meet up or you know, have you dropped by? You are not that far from us. I we... would love that. Yeah. I work in DC. Yeah. Ryan works at the Kennedy Center. <laughs> oh, nice. Right on. So we are not far from each other's circles. So not gotta... at all. I mean, I, I work on Capitol Hill, which is what, like 10 minutes from Arlington? Yep. And do you guys still live in Arlington? Yep. Yeah. Right. There you go. I mean, that's, I'll come over after work someday make you guys make me drinks no i'm kidding i don't even really drink anymore i'm just i just want to hang out really (laughs) yeah either or is fine um this is this is random but i'm mindful of your time we want to start to wrap up if we have this uh spotify playlist thing where we're adding songs to it from the like the period that we were all in school together if you have to pick a song what what matt is shaking his head what no, I'm saying I can't think. I could not think of any right now. So, <laughs> oh my God, are you kidding, Matt? You can't think of Madonna. Do you have to let it linger. Do you have to? Do you? Oh yeah. Do you have to let it linger? That's what I played constantly my freshman year. Is that your song that you volunteer into the playlist? That will be it. Linger. Yep. All right. <laughs> That's all about a fart, right? Is <laughs> all about the snack chat. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, it's the crap duster. The crap dusting song. <laughs> it is. Um, all right, Shelly, well, we love you. Uh, I love you guys so much. Let's get together. Yeah, yeah, thank you for spending some time with us tonight. Yes, of course. Thanks for inviting me. And uh, maybe after your musical is done, we can find some calm space to hang out in the beautiful weather. Most definitely. And, you know, you guys are invited to the musical. It's free, open to the community. <laughs> hey, we might come. When is it? May, May 20th at the I've Atlas never seen Theater. Anyone. Oh, so. gosh. Well, I will tell you, these kids are talented. They are middle school, but they right. are talented middle school kids. Email me details, Shelly. I will. <laughs> we know where the Atlas is. And join the Discord if you want. Yeah, there's there's a little message board thing. You'll see. 
um, in my post, there's a little message board called Discord where you just click on the link and uh, I've been uploading photos. Other people have as well. Oh, yeah, my nephew used Discord for a while with his like gamer friends. Yeah, this is like a brand new territory for me, but uh, it kind of harkens back to like being in the computer lab in 1996. So, oh, you know, nice. <laughs> it's like AOL Instant Messenger, but for grownups, you Good know. Right on. Good times. <laughs> so check it out but uh we love you and let's uh send us that the details on that show and we will hang out soon okay yeah 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 sure. love you guys love Thanks you bye, -bye. Thanks so much, Shelly. We love you. We love you so much. That was such a great conversation to learn about everything that's going on here in the hive. Absolutely. And we love you. And uh, can't wait to bump into you soon. Yeah. And I think, I don't know if Annie has already happened or whatever, but tell us how it went or tell us how it's going to go. At any rate, if you want to know more about us, please visit www.connorsmithmusicals.com. Connor with an ER. You can visit us on social media on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. Again, under Connor Smith with an ER. Um, please rate, review, subscribe to this podcast. Share it where you share things. Post it where you post things. Uh, please join the Discord discussion. Uh, the link is in the uh, info. Please also add songs to the late 90s playlist we're doing for Spotify. Uh, we will have more guests next week, and we love that you all have been following us. Thank you so much. We love you. Have a blessed week. Bye. Bye.